Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Mission Daily with your host, Stephanie Postles, and myself, <laughs> Albert Chow. How's it going? Was that smooth? That was smooth. I'm wondering if people listening are like, who is that? Is there a new host on here? <laughs> <laughs> Radio voice for the win. So what are we talking about today? Listen, we are talking about what has been all the rage the last few days, which is NVIDIA. Uh, for those who are not familiar, NVIDIA is a chip maker. They're at the forefront leaders of AI, and they had their earnings call. What got everyone ultimately super fired up was NVIDIA on their earnings call forecasted how much they were going to be selling in AI chips. Mm-hmm. And it was a bananas number because the stock doubled the next day, like on the forecast. They didn't even hit the earnings, just the forecast. By the way, this kind of reminds me of Enron back in the day when Enron was like, <laughs> we're going to find a $100 million gusher. And people are like, oh, you must be worth $2 a billion. Um, but although... NVIDIA does have a track record of successfully developing chips. So they do have that. Yep. But it was crazy. They market popped. A lot of people are buying into NVIDIA, but they're not just buying into just NVIDIA, the whole industry in general. Because yes, AI is all the rage, all the buzz. I think I think people are starting to recognize how much computing power it actually takes. Mm-hmm. It does need specialized equipment, hardware. And there's only a handful of people that are actually really good at making these chips and uh, pieces of these IC components that are used to power machines that can run AI models, NVIDIA is being one of them. And it, it's been it's been all the rage. And as a, as a shareholder, and when I say a shareholder, I mean, I, I told Stephanie earlier, I have literally one share of NVIDIA. Balling. How many companies do you own just one share in? It's an interesting strategy. <laughs> I own at least one share and probably not more than five. And I would say uh, it's probably 50, 50 or so companies. Just so you can So go I around. can't even keep track. Like, I forget what they were. Um, yeah, <laughs> I hear something that I think is interesting. And, and I just think, oh, I'll just buy one just in case. Mid-conversation. Uh, has people the strategy are talking about paid it. off? Not since 2020, <laughs> it hasn't. No, it has not paid off since 2020. In the long run, it also hasn't paid off. <laughs> But I don't know why I do it. I just do it. I, I like it. I like doing it. And uh, <laughs> you like to be a shareholder or say that you're a shareholder. Yeah. Yeah. So my portfolio of ones is um, not good, uh, but my <laughs> not recommended. <laughs> but, but of the ones that have done well, I've bought a lot of. So it's done pretty good for me overall. Yeah. Uh, so like so. So b- back in the day, you couldn't buy just one. Like there was there was minimum spends. So, for example, when Box came out, it was like nine dollars a share. And, mm-hmm. and I bought you know, like a hundred shares, um, 900 bucks. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, but, but there was, there was, uh, there was some minimum and then there were also uh, trading fees. So I, I'd like to thank the VCs of the world for el- basically eliminating trading fees because when Robin hood and those guys came out with $0 trades, uh, all the big players like fidelity Vanguard, they had to match mm-hmm. that. So that made it easier to buy one so share. <laughs> Every time they send you the paperwork in the mail, they're like, ah, oh. Fucking Albert. Oh, they hate, they gotta hate me. Like, do I get a proxy vote? Like, do I get a proxy vote? Does Jensen just does Jensen Huang know who I am? Does he call me? Doubtful. Uh, but CEO now, of Nvidia. You can. He's like looks at his list of shareholders. Like this guy. Who is this guy? Yeah, take him out. Well, you can now say that you are a shareholder, and I think a trillion dollar company because Nvidia hit. A trillion yeah, dollars I mean, today. I doubled my I doubled my uh, I doubled my net worth in that stock specifically that one stock overnight. So suck it, people. Yeah. So earlier you were talking about how like backlog they were with orders. What was the number that you were? Yeah. 
So there's an analyst I follow. His name is Jeremiah Oyang. And I've met him a long time ago, back when I was at XBeyond. And uh, he was actually covering our, our, uh, our category. Mm-hmm. And he recently put out a tweet. Uh, and I'm going to pull it up because it's going to be easier if I just pull it, pull it up. There we go. Jeremiah Oyang. And he says, okay, around 80% of data. Res- so like this is based on right now, about 80% of data resides behind firewalls. AKA not on the public web. That makes sense. So enterprise companies have tons of data that they're going to use for their purposes. Mm-hmm. It says unstructured data rough, constitutes roughly 80% of the world's data. And the wait delivery time for most AI processor chips is currently 70 weeks. So that's a year and a half. Jeez. That's crazy. And the majority are pre-bought by big tech firms. And we already know about the pace of innovation and chips and processors. So I think Moore's law is in the, you know, Moore's law says that it's always going to, you know, double in reducing costs. I think that's going to happen again. So if you've put your order in right now for your AI processing chip, because you're going to run your learning model on your data, I think it's fair to say by the time you receive it, it's going to be antiquated. Mm-hmm. I right mean, now. they were talking about just chat GPT, how chat GPT three used a certain amount of chips and chat GPT four uses like 10,000, the amount of like power needed to yeah, drive chat yeah. GPT four. And yeah. I think Sam Altman was kind of like telling people like, can we just not all use chat GPT four? Like can people, can some people like chill out? And it <laughs> makes you realize just, I mean, especially when you're a free user on some of these things going in, not really realizing what's happening behind the scenes to give you, you know, this powerful AI tool. I read a while ago, and so I'm pretty confident this number is actually well off. But it costs uh, it costs OpenAI thirty million dollars a day in cloud costs to run ChatGPT. Mm-hmm. That is insane. Yeah, that's its processing. Code. We're not talking about people. We're not. Ta- that's just how much compute it takes to keep this service alive. Which, as much as people love it. Some of the foils of chat or the 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 shortcomings of chat GPT are coming forward. Mm-hmm. And you and I on a previous episode said very clearly, like, we totally understand there's going to be uh, gaps. It's it's early. Like, we're just started. You know what I mean? Like, this product just started. That's like looking at the Internet back in, you know, 1996 when you couldn't even look at a picture and saying this will never work. It's too slow. Like, mm-hmm. we, it's going to get better. It's going to get faster. But there's some funny stories actually uh, <laughs> coming out. I read about this uh, lawyer who, um, which we were bullish on up. lawyers using this. That was like oh, our so one. It's funny. So industry. he did his research using ChatGPT, and it cited ten cases. All ten cases were false. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like what examples was he? So. So, so he he defend he was he's he's facing serious shanks, uh, sanctions now. But um, so <laughs> uh, Stephen Schwartz, uh, Stephen Schwartz, an attorney from Levidow, Levidow and Oberman, and a licensed in New York for over three decades, handled a case for Roberto Mata against Avianca Airlines. But at least six of the submitted cases by Schwartz as research for a brief appear to be bogus judicial decisions with bogus quotes and bogus internal citations. <laughs> so I don't know where ChatGPT got the answer. But the, I'm, the judge is probably like, what, what is this? 
Well, that, man, that's just so, like. Okay, so, I mean, you still got to proof your sources. Yeah. I think that is, that has always been true of the internet, right? Like, yeah. you just because you got, yeah, like, but it brings up a great question. Like, how does an AI model know what's real and not real? But it might if you ask the right questions. I only know this because I was having it write up. Uh, I think it was like a social media post, or I don't know what I was having it do, but it basically put an example in there um, that I had never heard of. And I was like, when did this company create its own search engine tool? It basically said like some company attempted to create its own either social media platform or search engine. I don't remember. And I was like, when did that company do that? And then it said, oh, we have no actual like evidence of that happening. And it, it just took it's one like Wikipedia. question. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Wikipedia as Postals 22 wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's why. Yeah, I think you just have to go one level deeper, one question, and you'll know, like, oh, okay, like, show me the sources. Where are the sources of where you pulled that? So that's just, I mean, I think internet usage 101. You don't just like trust, <laughs> you need to also verify that the sources that you're getting it from are accurate. But so there is hope for, I mean, I, I, I'm still, I still think that there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of people are scared that they're going to lose their jobs. I think there is going to be job displacement as there is whenever new technology is introduced. But I do think that the smartest people will always have a place at the table. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we always talk about like they're all, you're always going to have a place at the table if you're super smart. And that's a prime example just because chat GPT can cite it because it's data. It doesn't know what's false. That's a great question, right? It doesn't know it's false data and it doesn't know what's real data. It just knows yeah. it exists. And it found a record that matched your prompt and it gave it to you. And Mr. I already forgot his name, but Mr. Schwartz, you in trouble. I think you're <laughs> I don't know what your defense could possibly be. No. No. I mean, yeah, I guess that also brings up a point of like how many people could just draw up legal responses quickly, not use a lawyer maybe anymore, or just not even think about it and then just submit things. I mean, we've talked about legal stuff many times on this show, but that could Hey, be... now knowing this, you've got to hope your uh, your ex uses it to defend himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just shoot your shot. Put whatever you want yeah. out there. I mean, among, the most, I've got to read I, right from this. Among the purported cases, Varghese versus China South Airlines, Martinez versus Delta. I mean, it sounds like, I mean, it might be legit. I don't know. Martinez versus Delta Airlines, Shaboon versus Egypt Air, Peterson versus Iranian Air, Miller versus the United States and State of Durden versus KLM Royal Dutch Airlines, all of which did not appear to exist in either the judge or defense. <laughs> to either the judge or the defense, the filing said. I mean, I'm, I'm happy that... <laughs> Whoever was looking at that didn't just believe it because you never know. Sometimes they might just look at that stuff and be like, oh, yeah, it looks pretty reputable. I mean, did I tell well, you? It, it, by the way, I'll, I'll read this one last part before we got to talk about this. But like, he did. He Schwartz has since come forward and he has said like in his defense. This is what his defense is, that he was not aware of the possibility that chat GPT's content could be false. <laughs> he's, he's, that's his his. Uh, I mean, I've always been told negligence is not a defense, meaning like you can't just say, well, I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, didn't, I didn't know that if I poured <laughs> scalding hot water on your skin, you would get burnt. I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. I mean, hey, I, guess I didn't know. You can use that excuse for so long. I mean, and you can make any allegations you want until eventually people are like, hey, that's actually really not accurate. Did I tell you the most recent yeah, allegation so. against me? Against the one who won't be named? I'm in a cult. That is literally the. Like that was already. He already said that. Again, though. Again, you can apparently keep yeah, making yeah, allegations by against someone. Yeah, mythical leader that uh, he can't name, can't and name. Um, it's super dangerous. Yeah, but then I literally had someone who was investigating it ask me, 
hey, Stephanie, are you in a cult? I'm like, are we joking here? You're like, First of all, I'm pretty sure if you were in a cult, you wouldn't say you're in a cult. But also the fact that you could believe someone who's literally got caught lying so many times. Anyways, I digress. But you know, but. most people who are in a cult, they defend their like group, right? Like, so oh. they're like, oh, no, we're we're just a bunch of people that really enjoy each other's company. You know what I mean? They'll have a reason for yeah, it's also not a cult. You can't have a cult of one. Usually, I was wondering. I was like, people. could you be in your own cult? cult? I'm a mom cult. I'm I'm just momming super hard. <laughs> yeah, you can't really have a cult of one. It's you're not, in a real estate cult. I, I, you're too good at real estate. Now you're in a cult, Albert. <laughs> nah, <laughs> I know like four guys that do what I'm doing. Well, that's it. Now I'm us four guys. <laughs> sus. Anyways, as my daughter would say, you sus. <laughs> Yeah. Well, anyone can make any allegations. And I guess now you can use ChatGPT potentially as your first reasoning of why it happened. But after that, yeah, you can't do it anymore. But I think I will. I will. Until I see otherwise, I'm on the fence that or I'm on the side that says ChatGPT can help get you close to Mm -hmm. probably your final product. Probably probably can do a lot of the busy stuff that you didn't want to do not too long, you know, and get you there. Uh, I started using it to write letters and things like that newsletters um i tried it recently i've been trying to experiment with seo mm-hmm. um where i ask it hey chat gpt3 you know i prompt it to say hey can you write me a seo optimized article for the terms x y and z about this subject and it'll get me started i mean it doesn't sound like me at all so then i'll try to train it wordsmith it but i won't delete yeah. some of like the I noticed like it's planting keywords everywhere. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, I won't change those. Yeah. I mean, you can train it on your voice though and say, go look at my most recent LinkedIn comments or whatever. And then what is my voice style? And it would probably come back and be like sarcastic, <laughs> uh, pessimistic. Well, I think it needs more data. I don't think it, I don't think it knows how to read sarcasm. I don't, yeah, maybe not. We should try it out. Like go look at Albert's LinkedIn like, and tell me what his voice is. Yeah. How do you know I don't believe what I'm saying? Mm. looking at your face. Maybe it needs to look at video. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Right? So it needs video. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it needs, I think it needs a little bit more, but um, what started this conversation is the, uh, the, the, the old analogy of, you know, who was guaranteed to make money in the gold rush was the people selling the picks and the shovels mm-hmm. and the chip makers are going to crush. They're yeah. going to cr- like this demand. Everyone wants to do it. So whether you're good or not good at this. So, you know, if we, if, if we, what we go, let's just go off of what Jeremiah, Jeremiah does a lot of research. He's saying 80% of the world's data is behind firewall in um, private database. If all these companies are going to use AI models, it doesn't have to be uh, chat GPT. But it is going to be an AI model that helps it recognize patterns and insights inside of its data data faster. They're all going to need to buy chips, piping. Mm-hmm. Shout out Zayo, our sponsor over at IT Visionaries. You're yeah. going to need huge lines of bandwidth to transport all this data into learning models. The chip makers are going to crush it. I think that in, in you know, like the, I mean, honestly, the best part of being a chip maker is chip makers are designed for like speed, processing speed, capacity, but it doesn't have to be right. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like your model sucks, but my chip processes data. Yeah. And so like you can't get mad at the chip. I don't think you can get mad at the chip makers. Yeah. That's such a hard industry to get into though. And I mean, it takes what, like three to five years or more to build a factory, I think, and like billions of dollars. Oh, to build to a get, model or to build the chips? Just to build a whole new factory to actually start producing chips. Like it's such a oh, high dude. barrier to entry. Huge moat. 
Yeah. Huge, huge moat. It like think about like automakers, like so like Tesla and Rivian are really in America are the only new auto companies in like the last 30 mm-hmm. years. Yep. It's just so hard, so capitally intensive to enter those markets. If you think about the airline industry, there's been like no new players, right? Mm-hmm. Boeing has rolled up some companies, Airbus is in Europe, Bombardier's in um Canada, I believe, and uh, Embraer is in Brazil. But there's not like you can't just start up um, an airline company. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like Steph can't just be. I'm going to start building airplanes. Like it's really hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's super hard, um, and it takes a long time to make one dollar of profit. Mm-hmm. So, chip the like companies like Nvidia, companies like you know, I, I don't know when Intel will be considered a leader or not. I was going to ask why. Are they not? I mean, why is NVIDIA so far ahead of other companies who also have They only this? hire Asians. That's what you think it is? No. All right, there you have it. <laughs> Asian oh, first. Saw, so, so there was a, uh, there was an article a long time ago about like the most Asian-American friendly um, companies and NVIDIA was number one. It was like 80% of their employees are Asian-American. Did that almost sway you? <laughs> no, dude, I couldn't get a job there if my life depended on it. Like- they would interview me for 10 seconds. Like, man, you are, you're dumb. <laughs> no, I mean, Intel is, I don't hear about them, but I don't, I would like never count AMD? out. Then too, like why? AMD, I've not heard them in the conversation, but I, I would assume that they are very much so aggressively trying to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe they haven't had the buzz. Maybe it's because their exposure to AI, like AI might influence only a small piece of its business, whereas it's got so many other lines of business. I'm not sure all the reasoning for it, but mm-hmm. I mean, I think every chip maker is in this game. But you know what I'm saying? Like who's not in this game now? Yeah, apparently NVIDIA's uh, high-end GPUs, uh, it's because they're high-end. That's why they're the chip of choice for a lot of these larger companies. So I guess that's why they're in the news because they're the ones that things like chat GPT are built on because they have higher yeah. GPUs. So yeah. Cause at first I'm like, why are they the only ones that are being talked about when like, if this is such a market need, all the other companies should be talked about too. But now I guess that's why they got well, the best. Yeah. The other thing to remember about, and this is, I think more true in, um, uh, the category is called internal components. I see. So it's like, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't have to have a tremendous user experience. It doesn't have to have, a look, a packaging. Mm-hmm. It's more about capability and capacity. So it will allow for the best people at this to keep innovating and build faster and faster GPUs or whatever the case may be. So I think you'll see, I think you'll see a lot of players and I think you'll see a lot of players do pretty well. Mm-hmm. I think where like um, where Intel, I remember having a problem, like right, everyone I think remembers Apple M1. Apple was like, we're not going to depend on you for chips anymore mm-hmm. because- Probably a lot of reasons. Dev cycle, sales cycle, supplier dependencies. Uh, probably they wanted certain components of their chips and like they couldn't make them fast enough. Qualcomm's also a big chip internal components maker uh, company. So like there's a, you know, like Qualcomm Snapdragon 955. So like all these different companies have, mm-hmm. have been making chips for others, but maybe, um, you know, they couldn't keep up with supplier, uh, excuse me, customer requirements or so on. So I think that, I think everyone can, this mm-hmm. is the thing. It's like, I've never heard of like bad chips. Like just 
too slow. Ones, like it, it feels like they, can, they they all are doing the same amount of homework. Like they're going to get bigger, faster, smaller. Like this is not going to stop. It should be similar to storage. Yeah. Right. Everyone figured out flash storage. Once flash storage was figured out, like it was hard to be like, oh, we we, we sell the storage. It's like everyone's like, no, I can run a flash drive myself. So. Mm-hmm. If I were betting, go ahead and do my strategy. Buy one share. Buy one share and don't make a good ROI on it because you only bought one. (laughs) Well, in in nominal terms of percentages, I made a great ROI. Uh, In net cash to impact my life, no. You know who's probably going to solve this? The extra $200 is not changing my life. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I mean, who I think will actually probably solve this is probably- I'm doing it. Suck it. (laughs) <laughs> I think Elon Musk is just going to come in and solve this because he's trying to build his own competitor to chat GPT and he knows what it takes to be able to run a chat GPT type of thing because he obviously co-founded that company. Uh, like the chip shortage. To make the best chip? Yeah. Yeah. Because he's literally about to build something that's going to require a heavy amount of chips and he wants to make it better than chat GPT, which he knows how that works. So I'm like- So he's not- Yeah. So he doesn't want to depend on another supplier? Yeah. Yeah. Like if there's already a huge shortage and- I don't know. I could just see him being like, I'm going to own the whole thing. I mean, that's what he does with Tesla and everything else. It's like he thinks about it from first principles and he builds up the things that he needs. And yeah, I could see him maybe coming in and like being like, guys, I can figure this out better than anyone else. Here, let's just do this. Well, it's interesting that we always like uh, we, you, uh, default to this like number one, because it because the this idea of winners and losers, right? Number two is still a huge company. Yeah. This is not number one. You know what I mean? And number three could probably very well be a very large company too. I don't think there's winners one. and losers. I think that they all can win. But if you have a shortage that's like how long? 70 months where people can't get chips for 70 months. Like that to me is like there needs to be more players. Yeah. And especially because or, it's so or, dependent yeah, on Taiwan. you can be a category leader. You can be a category leader. Yeah. Like yeah. you can still lead, but it's just like, geez, if, I mean, I'm just thinking about all the startups who are trying to get into this space. And I think that was some of the quotes where unless you're like a big, well-known enterprise coming in and buying a whole bunch of them, like you kind of are pushed out. You're not going to be able to get access to that supply. Like, I mean, I think, yeah, yeah, they did have a quote about Elon Musk basically being like, it's good to know, like have friends in these places so he could actually get what he needed. So yeah, yeah, I mean, it's- Yeah, look, look, if I'm a raw materials maker, why would I sell you my raw, like silica? I'm not selling you Stephanie silica if you're buying 20 pounds. Yeah, Like I'm going to sell- Tons. I'm gonna sell it by the kilo. I'm gonna sell it by whatever large amount I can because it's also less work for me. Like mm-hmm. I'm not trying to process it in these little pouches so that you can make some chips. Like, come on, man. Like <laughs> I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> Stephanie's like, how many chips do you want to buy? Like, one, I want one just chip. One. Like one I chip. Just, wanna, just like one stock. I you want can't one even stock. buy one chip from a Dorito plant. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not worth their time. <laughs> I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> one chip, one stock. I just low risk here. But- no, I could I could get one stock. I got that. <laughs> that. That's no problem. That's no problem. But you, if you think about it, like go go to McDonald's and order one nugget, they'll be like, "What?" <laughs> I just want one nugget. Look at how so serious you, you're, you're right. The small players are they're not significant at all, and so the raw material makers. I don't, I don't know what I need. What do I want to do with you? Yeah. Well, it yeah, makes. I, I if think- you're if you're in that industry, probably you'll end up working for a big company. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Like if you're studying how to make those things, I think it's so hard. I'm not saying it cannot be done, but it's so hard. Um, so like let's say you're a chip engineer, right? You're the best. You're at uni- you're at MIT. Like you're you're killing it. It's probably just going to be easier for you to work for Nvidia mm-hmm. to work for. 
Taiwan Semiconductor to work for Intel. Like they're they're going to come in and offer you a huge salary and help you engineer and bring it to life. Yeah. And it, even if you think about like a company like Tesla, those guys grinded, grinded to mm-hmm. make that like first car. And it took someone who had the f- vision to like scale it, change it, own the supply chain more vertically so they could have more trustworthy parts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in a way, Musk to... He'll he'll probably punch me in the face for saying this, but like, <laughs> Musk to Tesla is more like Ray Kroc to McDonald's. Like he didn't come up with the car; it was already made. He's like, oh, well, we can make it better, mm-hmm. right? And so he came in, put money in, eventually became the primary shareholder, and he's figured out many many vertical lines of business to help Tesla grow to where it is today. Ray Kroc, same thing. He just met the McDonald's brother and says, "You guys are really good at making hamburgers. I think we could scale this." They're like, huh? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So you could be the best chip engineer in the world, but you probably won't be the guy that, def, you know, becomes a category leader. That's really, I think, unlikely to happen. That's just my opinion. Yeah. All right. Well, with this whole conversation, like, how would you, like, what are you thinking now after what we just talked about? Like, I, I mean, would you really get into NVIDIA now, stock now, or would you probably start Probably not, because now they have to hit their forecast. Yeah. So now I'm thinking, like, maybe looking at the other competitors who aren't you know, who are maybe at the verge of increasing their, I don't know, ability for their chips, like looking at the AMDs or the Intels, like people who aren't as flashy and like, I'm sure their stocks are going up too right now. But that's my thought after all of this is like, go and look at the people who are the, you know, competitors. Yeah. So if you think about the housing crisis and so the housing crisis starts in 2008, all the housemakers get killed in stock price performance and they start building, you know, 2012 is when housing bottoms and it rises since then. And it's only now started slowing down again. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? Why did I bring that up? Well, if you take a look at the stock price of Beezer Homes, Pulte Homes, uh, NVR, which is like a Ryan Home Builders, you can look at all of them. Toll bro- like Toll Brothers, all of them went down in 2012 and all of them rose till today. So I think what Stephanie is saying is right. If there is a company making chips that has any type of uh, defensibility, meaning they're not a penny stock, Mm -hmm. like they have customers, they have market share, they have supplier agreements, they have customer agreements, they have preferred, you know, chip supplier status with different makers of things. I think they're all going to rise. I think they're all going to go up together. And here's where it's crazy. I'm telling you, this is where it gets super crazy. If China aggressively takes Taiwan in any way, 80% of the semiconductors in the the world come from Taiwan. It's a crazy number to think about. Like they basically control our electronics supply chain. Mm. If that happens, the price of all IC components will go through the roof. Because you just cut, you just took out eighty percent of the world's supply. Yeah. So, like, if you're making IC components, you will go through the roof. So, AMD, Intel. That's what I think. Am I right? I don't yeah. know, but yeah. I think I mean, everyone is going to be affected right by this. <laughs> yeah. There yeah. Goes. I think well, meaning like all these companies are going to rise in value yeah. over time, and if there's a hostile takeover, they'll go up even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sadly, yes. Yeah. I mean, 
That's why even looking at some of these startups too, like I think I see one here. Um, have you heard of, I guess, Cerebras Systems? C-E-R-E-B-R-A-S. They've been on our show, IT I Visionaries. So. Oh yeah, Cerebras. Okay. Yeah. So someone like that, I'm like, I feel like they're on a path to IPO. And so just kind of like having names of people that you're watching, that's why they looked familiar. I was like, I feel like they have been on our oh, show. Oh yeah, yeah. The, so they've, in, like they basically, the chips they make are so big, they have to make the compute like new computers too. Which of course, if you're in a data center, it doesn't matter. But mm-hmm. like these chips don't fit on your personal computer. Like each chip looks like a pizza. It's huge. Yeah. Yep. Like a big New York pizza squared off. Sicilian. <laughs> just yeah. bam. So people like that. Companies like that. That's the ones where I'm like, I just want to watch them and yeah, just be ready if they are gonna plan on IPOing. Yeah. 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 They're so they're they're already on their way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the key to Cerebras is they have patents on the chips that they've made, mm-hmm. right? So you can't make what they've made. But yeah, they've basically made chips specifically for MLAI, and they're huge. And he was talking about their capacity, processing speed. It was crazy. Also, the cooling. He was talking about how they had to basically reinvent the computer because nothing could cool it. <laughs> I mean, they're making a whole their own chat GPT. So I'm like, that's a. <laughs> That's the team I want to So that's the challenge. That's the programming. Like whose programming is better? That's tougher. But like this is a game of, right? If if the costs back full circle, if the costs of running these models is so high, then who can run them? Exactly. That's what I was like. That seems like a pretty good pairing. You're making your own chips and then you're making your own model and you're like, you're able to meet your own needs. I think they should sell to anyone who's got a model. That's my opinion. But (laughs) like, why be responsible for the model? But although you like that vertical integration, I'd be like, anyone can make a model. You make it all my chips, baby. I like just, you know, I've realized about myself, I just like full control. That's just a me thing. I want (laughs) to call it vertical integration. Call it what you want. I just like to control all the steps. But anyway. Me, I'm like, I just want one little piece of pie. (laughs) Just give me some crumbs, baby. That's all I need. Uh, That's why we're a good mix. Well, with that, I've got homework to do to go and look into some other companies in this space. So until next time, y'all, thanks for tuning in. All chip makers to the moon. Unless they're specifically saying they're not going to make AI-based chips. Stay away. (laughs) Mic drop. Hey listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.